Welcome to Generations and Happy 2024. Happy New Year. This is Kevin Swanson, Adam McManus from theworldview.com is my co-host on this edition. Adam, it's a brand new year. It's one more shot. New Year's resolutions, New Year's predictions. We're, we're going to do New Year's predictions for 2024 in the next segment. So get ready for that. I can't wait. I, I only had a sneak preview on one. The other seven will be a surprise. So I'm yeah. going to react in real time, everybody. Hold hold on to your hat. Yeah, Kevin Swanson, his predictions for 2024. And uh, I'm not a prophet nor the son of one, as my mother used to say. Although I think she would say, nor the daughter of one. Um, <laughs> That's but, right. But I think it's appropriate at times to look at the trends and to take a look at what's happening and to suggest that uh, these sorts of developments are going to play out in 2024. I was together with some pastors in our neighborhood, I would say, a week ago, and every one of them said, I think I hear something cracking. <laughs> you know, what's that cracking noise? <laughs> um, in other words, we have something of an earthquake coming, I think, in the year 2024, but that's next on Generations First. Adam, let's go back and take a look one more time at Year in Review 2023. This is very interesting from Gallup Polls. They put together their Year in Review, their most notable findings for 2023. Very interesting stuff here, Adam. Let's just hit a few of these and then we'll come back to predictions for 2024. First of all, wow, it looks to me like party identification is shifting in America. Something of a split, 28%, 28% Republican Democrat, but the other 41% is independent, which means this election coming up is in the hands of the independents. That's what it looks like. I mean, wow, I didn't realize there was such a such a low percentage of Americans registering as Democrats and Republicans. Only, what, 29%? 29, 29 on Republican, Democrat, and uh, 41% for independents, which means that the election will be decided by independents. That's what's happening in 2024. Think about the two presidential candidates who are going to run as independents, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a definite. He was a Democrat, but became an independent in the last several months. He, of course, has endeared himself to many in our audience for his outspokenness against the COVID shot and the dangers of that and his willingness to speak the truth to power when it comes to big pharma. Joe Manchin, not officially an independent presidential candidate, the Democrat senator of West Virginia, is not running for re-election. He has flirted with a group called No Labels, which I know appeals to a lot of the mushy middle in America who somehow have been turned off by those on the left, those on the right, and what they perceive to be extremism on both sides. They like the idea of moderation and not having a, a given label, quote-unquote, on them. If Joe Manchin throws his hat into the presidential ring as an independent, that would muddy the waters. But again, I think in both cases of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as well as Joe Manchin, they would likely pull votes from Trump if Trump is the Republican nominee or whomever the Republican nominee might be. And it would help to ensure a Democrat victory. Well, we're not going to call the election quite yet until the next segment. Predictions coming up next. Okay. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the next uh, 
Very interesting statistic coming out of Gallup in 2023, and that is the Americans' confidence in higher education. We have been playing on this for at least 15 years, pointing out to folks the brick-and-mortar college is dead on arrival, um, basically. In 2015, some 37%, I'm sorry, 57% of Americans were very much confident in higher education. That is now down to 36%. So. That was a significant, uh, a very significant statistic coming out of Gallup in the year 2023, a huge fall off in terms of confidence in the blue colleges. And we've asked the question many, many times, why is it that red state families send their kids off to blue state colleges and year after year, generation after generation, the entire nation moves blue? What's going on with all that? So I think red state parents are waking up and realizing there's not much there except uh, indoctrination, especially in the liberal arts colleges in America. Watching our weight, here is number 10. Was this interesting to you? Obesity rates in America, wow, way up, even since 2019. Apparently, uh, during COVID, people went out and bought too many Doritos and, you know, sipping Pepsis on the couch and eating their uh, munches, and they're, they're getting heavier all the time. 38% of American adults are now obese. It's up from 32% in 2019. I think in 1999 or 1994, it was, you know, something like 15%. So we're looking at a massive increase in obesity in America. Not good. Not good. One of my favorite things to do is I'm walking around HEB, which is the big supermarket in Texas or wherever I might be, might be Walmart on occasion is to look in people's carts and see what are they primarily buying? What are they getting? And I am just flummoxed, flabbergasted by how much junk is in that cart. I mean, very few vegetables and fruit, in particular fresh vegetables and fruit, lots of sodas and chips and the sugary cereals, the frosted flakes and the corn pops and all of that, chocolate milk. And even while they're pushing their kids in the grocery cart who are either in the cart or walking next to them, they're downing a soda or they're eating some sugary candy that they're about to pay for on top of it. And big gallons of chocolate milk that's nothing but sugar and syrup. Well, not healthy, not healthy. And uh, hopefully, you know, as Christians, we're concerned about our bodies and how we consume uh, certain things and what constitutes uh, healthy living. And uh, we should be very sensitive to that. Actually, we have not dedicated much of our radio program to that subject, but maybe we need to come back to that because, wow, it it affects it affects uh, Christians as well. I think we pointed out before that the, the heaviest uh, Americans tend to be Baptists, uh, the, 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 those that are most healthy in terms of their st- living style tend to be, you know, Jews or even atheists tend to be doing better than Baptists when it comes to, uh, to their, uh, to their weight. So yeah, we get, we got to come back to this subject. Well, it's interesting because Christians are very quick to say that homosexuality or premarital sex, drinking excessively or using drugs are bad, but they turn a blind eye to gluttony, to overeating. Gluttony is the kind of permissible 
sin of sorts. But 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 could not be more clear. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with yeah. your bodies. Well, let's move on. American trust in the judicial branch of the federal government uh, pretty far down if you compare it to the 1990s. Up in the 1990s, uh, you would have seen something of 80% of Americans with a great deal of support for the Supreme Court in the United States. That's down now to 49%. And almost every poll that registers confidence levels institutions uh, in the United States has been down significantly. In fact, you know, we can talk about public schools, public universities, public media. We can touch on that as well. But uh, apparently the Supreme Court has always you know, held a fair amount of um, confidence in the American public. That, too, is falling pretty dramatically down to some 49%. And I, I'd say this indicates that America is becoming less and less stable as a republic, as a nation, and moving more and more towards a revolutionary sort of a mindset, which is dangerous for the nation. I mean, and we're looking at a long-term decline, which means that this, this you know, recovery is, would, would take a very long time. If, if Americans will, in any way, shape, or form, uh, repair their view of the institutions, that's going to take some time because we are looking at at least a 30 to 50 year decline in the American confidence in institutions, including the Supreme Court of the United States, believe it or not. Well, I'm not surprised that we have seen a huge drop since just 2022 until now, primarily because of the liberal media's reporting on the Dobbs decision, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, as if the world were coming to an end. We know that that was a righteous decision. It was perhaps the best part of Donald Trump's legacy is to see that overturning of Roe v. Wade, that Dobbs decision come down. But I think so many of the people who are asked by Gallup, what do you think about the Supreme Court? They are kind of parroting back to the pollster what the MSNBC folks have been saying about how outrageous it is that the Dobbs decision came down. But I would agree that my confidence, personally speaking, in the Supreme Court is down because of the cases that they refuse to take, for example, most recently reported on the worldview.com on Friday, December 29th, that the Center for Medical Progress, which back in 2015 had these wonderful pro-life undercover videographers documenting how hostile Planned Parenthood and the National Federation for Abortion were to babies and how likely they were to sell baby body parts against the law, which led to no action, shockingly, by both Obama nor Trump in their respective administrations. And now they've got this $16 million penalty against them for having supposedly violated the privacy rights of the pro-aborts they were interviewing undercover. We had hoped it would go all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court would say, no, you absolutely have no obligation to pay the $16 million tab. This is freedom of speech. This is investigative journalism 101. It's fine. But the Supreme Court refused to hear it. And something similar, of course, happened to the Christian counselor in Washington state that, you know, wanted to take a particular position on the sin of homosexuality and uh, counsel people, you know, out of the lifestyle of homosexuality. And that uh, 
was uh, evidently deemed illegal. According to the Supreme Court of the United States, they refused to allow for freedom of speech in that state as well. So we're, we're finding the Supreme Court of the United States is, uh, is doing the wrong thing, I would say 50, 60% of the time these days, and, uh, and setting a bad trajectory for the nation. But also, before we're done, I want to take a look at American trust in mass media. This, this is probably the most significant shift in American history in terms of how American view the institutions that have run the country for a very long time. Make no mistake about it, the media has been the fourth arm of government for, well, there's the bureaucracy, but there's also the media. The media seems to have a fair amount of influence upon elections and upon the American opinion. And so, wow, but American trust in mass media now is at an all-time low, it's dropped off from, I'm going to say, 76% back in 1975. So that's really high. When Americans trusted their newspapers, they trusted the uh, television reporting in 1975. We're looking at 76% of Americans, great deal, fair amount of trust in mass media in 1975. Now, Adam, that's down to 32%. That's in the dirt. <laughs> there is very little trust in mass media today. And uh, therefore, you know, I, I think what Americans are saying is there's so much fake news, they don't even know what, what's real anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I have always appreciated a local radio newscast, which I think is perhaps the closest you can get to reasonably fair journalism. I'm not saying it's always right on the money, but most times the news sources even on a music station, come from a news talk or a conservative news talk station where the local reporters, even though they may not be pro-life themselves, for example, I think they are open-minded enough to report on the abortion question in a fair way. When you talk about your local newspaper, nine times out of ten, just look at the editorial page that reveals everything about their heart. They're typically very liberal, television worse one of the websites I would recommend as a great source for holding the news media accountable is newsbusters.org, newsbusters.org, put out by the Media Research Center, Brent Bozell's group in Washington, D.C., Alexandria, Virginia, to be specific. Every day, they document how the media, especially on the television level, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, gets it so glaringly wrong. Just in the first four years, for example, of the Trump administration, well, the only four years, the likelihood of the television news networks reporting negatively on Trump was like 92%. That is just evidentially problematic on its face. And one last take from this Gallup blog, the Year in Review 2023 Most Notable Findings. Adam, this one was a shocker because it's looking at this question, very important question. What one country anywhere in the world do you consider to be the United States' greatest enemy today? It's an open-ended question, so people could have answered anything. They've been following this question since uh, roughly the year 2000, so this has been going on for a long time. And it appears that, you know, for a while, Iran was at the top. That would have been between 2005 and 2014. Now that has dissipated down to about 2%. Uh, but, uh, Russia is, uh, is pretty high. It's, it's been on the rise since 2012. So Russia was in the dirt in 2012, about 2% of Americans consider Russia to be the number one greatest enemy. Uh, and that's been on the rise now it's up to 32%, but China gets number one. China's at 50%, which means that China 
is the nation that is most imposing upon America. It is considered the United States' greatest threat. No question, China has become a massive economic force in the world. And this one, of course, deserves its own program. We need to talk about how China has effectively emerged as the number one enemy to the United States of America, certainly the number one economic competitor of the United States of America. And the entire geopolitical power shift is happening. It's already happened. And uh, how that's going to play out, who knows? But it does appear that both China and Russia very high on this. 50% of Americans consider China the number one enemy. 32% of Americans consider Russia the number one enemy. And if they come together, if Russia and China become a little more cozy, then you're looking at a very significant force against America in the upcoming conflicts. Well, let's take a break. And when I get back... We're going to get right to the question, predictions. What are your predictions for 2024? That next on Generations. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Adam McManus, my co-host on this edition. And today we're going to cover our predictions for 2024. My prediction for 2024, and I cannot guarantee the outcome of these predictions. <laughs> I'm not the prophet. I hope not. Nor I'm the son of a prophet. And uh, I am doing the best I can to look at the trends and make judgment calls based on that, Adam. All right. Number one, and I already know the answer to this, but I'm intrigued by how you come to this conclusion. Who do you predict will win the presidential election November of 2024? Trump wins. Adam, Trump wins. Wow. Yeah. That surprise you? Yeah, that's my call. Trump wins. Yes, it does Donald Trump me. wins a second opportunity which by the way is would not be the first president to do that go back into the 1800s and uh rover cleveland rover cleveland yes came back and did a second term all right so trump wins now biden however doesn't concede so a million people show up in washington dc on january 6 2025 they storm the capitol building and nobody gets arrested okay that's my prediction <laughs> Your Trump prediction is just to, so you can make that January 6th remark. 
the Supreme Court sticks with Trump. Biden people revolt. And Trump takes notes from the South American banana republics and throws everybody into jail. So that's the way it plays out in 2020. Oh, my heavens. Okay. All right. Now I feel like this is all tongue-in-cheek. Who do you really think is going to win? Not exactly. You sure this is tongue-in-cheek? The January 6th part felt tongue-in-cheek, and throwing all the people in jail feels tongue-in-cheek. I'm not sure we're that far off from Brazil and some of the other banana republics that have gone through this gig before. So you think Trump's really going to win? On what basis do you draw that conclusion? That's number one. I can't imagine Biden winning. And I can't imagine anybody else taking the Republican nomination. I couldn't imagine Biden winning in 2020, but apparently or allegedly he did. Mm-hmm. If you watch the 2000 Mules video by Dinesh D'Souza, there mm-hmm. certainly seems ample evidence of all kinds of shenanigans going on. Like I say, Banana Republic stuff. All right. Number two, what's your second prediction? All right. Second prediction is that the rhino to the right ratio will increase. Now, we, t- we know about the rhinos, right? The Republican in name only. Now, there's a rhino to right ratio in the Republican Party. You've got the Republican name only. They're the rhinos. Then you got the right in the Republican Party. And the right in the Republican Party are Republicans identifying as genuine, honorable, and true. That's R-I-G-H-T. Okay, so you got the, <laughs> the rhinos and the rights. Okay, so yeah, you got the rhino right ratio. It. You've taken a page from the transgender well, terminology. Yeah, like, Republicans identifying as genuine, honorable, and true. Good, yep. honorable, and R-I-G-H-T. true. R-I-G-H-T. So you've got the R-I-N-O's, the it. rhinos, the Republicans named only. And then you get the rights, the Republicans identifying as genuine, honorable, and true. So the rhino-right ratio is going to oh, increase, genuine, which means not good. more genuine. rhinos. What does that mean? That means that they will not stick true to the original Republican platforms that have been worked out over the last 20 years. They will wimp out on abortion. It seems to me that way, way too many Republican candidates these days are putting, you know, their, their, their finger in their tongue and putting their tongue to the wind or their finger to the wind. And they're trying to identify the direction the wind is blowing on abortion and they are wimping on abortion. And I think the end result of all these referendums, these initiatives that have gone down in smoke as a result of uh, Americans voting pro-abortion, it will be that the legislators themselves will throw in the hat and many of the Republicans will turn rhino on us and they will maintain a pro-abortion stance as well. So the legislatures across this country, including the, the Congress, will increasingly move towards a pro-abortion uh, position. Uh, so I think that's what's going to happen unless the pro-life forces are able to show up somewhere in America and win an occasional referendum. If that happened, then I think the legislatures uh, might go the other direction or the Republicans might go the other direction. But for the time being, I think we're looking at a uh, increasing uh, rhino ratio and more and more Republican name only uh, standing on nothing but uh, their own um, position of uh, maintaining their you know political power and uh, abandoning principle as they take office or as they run for office. So I think that's what's going to play out. The rhino right ratio uh, will just increase, Adam. That's number two. All right. Prediction number three from Kevin Swanson for 2024 is what? There's there's this popping noise. I'm hearing it already. It sounds like a bubble popping or at least fizzling down to size. You know what that is? That's that's the everything bubble. That's the everything bubble, the real estate bubble, the 
college loan bubble, the debt bubble, the every bubble in America, I think, is about to pop. The residual effects of the stimmies, the stimulation bills and the somewhat seven to nine trillion dollars of debt spending that's occurred in the last three years. The residual effect of all of that debt spending and the stimulations, I think, will finally come to an end. The economy will step back into reality. They've been spending all of this pretend money for the last three years, some $9 trillion of it. Unemployment will explode. Inflation remain high. Property values sink at least for a while. And I think we're actually going to see an economy coming back to what I would say would be reality, but that reality is going to be a fairly cold and hard reality uh, to wake up to on a Monday morning. So, so economically, I think we're going to hear a bit of a popping noise. What will that look like? Or maybe a little bit more of what, what would be an explosion, you know, not, not so much just the pop, but a bang, more of a bang than a pop. I think that we're looking for in 2024. But what will that mean for the average generation's listener? I mean, how, how will they feel economic pain because of that? Well, I think we're all going to feel some pain. Uh, you know, it's inevitable that you can't just spend your great, great grandchildren into debt and never pay the piper. So I think we're going to see the average standard of living come down. It has to come down. It's already coming down. And, uh, so effectively we're going to have to live not on our great, great grandchildren's debt, but we have to live upon uh, the, the the present current standard of living that's appropriate for all of us. And, uh, and I think the best thing we can do is get out of debt and begin to live within our means. And I, that's the thing we've been impressing upon our listeners for the last 20 years of this broadcast. Number four, what's your fourth prediction for 2024? Well, and this one's hardly a prediction. The Middle East will continue fighting one another. They've been doing that for 75 years, so it's you know hard to miss that one. But, uh, but this war that's going on right now, the Hamas-Israeli war that's happening right now, it's got legs to it. And I think it's going to draw in Syria, Lebanon. It's already done some of that, potentially Iran as well. So it seems to me that, and, and this could very well snowball into something much more significant. We'll see. Number five. Well, China will flex its muscles. China will secure Taiwan in the next year or two. America won't like it, but there's not much Americans can do about it. Uh, Also, Iran will flex its nuclear muscles, probably test one nuke in 2024. And if you do the numbers, this is interesting. I think this is important for all of us to know. The United States is about 26% of the world domestic product. Uh, the EU is at 18%. So put that together. You're looking at 44% of the world economy is the United States and EU. But now China has about 19% of the world domestic product, up from 2% in 1980. So that's a huge, huge shift. China understands who China is today. China is powerful. China is a competitor. The United States is basically neck and neck with China. If you add to China the uh, something like 3% of the GDP from India and Pakistan, Russia's got 2%, South Africa, Brazil, they're at 2% as well. Muslim countries are at 24%. So put the Muslims together with the Chinese and as well throw in some India and Pakistan. Russia joins uh, forces with them. The East is now at 49% of the world domestic product. The West is at 44% of the world domestic product. Africa and South America are the remaining 7%. So the balance of power has shifted East. The East is taking over. 
The East is taking over the world, and I think people need to understand this. The East is 49% of the world domestic product. The West is now at 44% of the world domestic product. Uh, Africa and South America, the remaining seven, which means that you know uh, China and, uh, and India and Russia will jockey for some of the African uh, economy. But I think the balance of powers has already shifted because the world economy has shifted East. So that's a huge change. In 2024, we're going to see more of that play itself out on the uh, world scene. All right, number six. All right, number six in predictions. Hollywood throws in the towel and Disney closed down Disney World. What? Okay, maybe that's just a prayer, but it's a prediction. <laughs> no wonder you wanted to keep these things a secret I just from threw me. that one in. The world passes away with its lust thereof, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So keep that in mind as well. But I do think Hollywood is imploding on itself. It had a little bit of a bump in 2023. I think it's going to come down in 2024. Why do you think so few Americans are going to the movies these days? Do you think they've finally woken up and recognized that the producers are doling out pablum? Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. No, I think what's happening is Americans... Uh, have you been to Walmart lately? You can buy a you know, 147-inch screen for $600. So uh, the, the whole... The whole scene is shifted such that at one time, you know, you you had X number of movie theaters. Now you have, you know, it's not just 28,000 movie theaters. You've got 280 million movie theaters around the U.S. And they can access movies online anytime they want to. So there's so much more competition now that Hollywood hardly has the monopoly on the market. So that's the point is that we see a decentralization, a decentralization such that you saw in the tower of Babel coming down so many years ago. So, uh, but I've got two more. Let me just throw out these two more, uh, more universities close their doors, the brick and mortar colleges, they're going out of business. We mentioned that already, but here's the last prediction. And again, not just a prediction, but a prayer. And let me just throw this out because this is what we need more than anything else. And that is revival, the great revival of 2024. That's what we're hoping for. So prediction slash prayer for 2024 is the great revival of 2024 happens in Asbury. Paul Washer shows up in Asbury. That's my prediction. Paul Washer's schedule fills up. Actually, people draw him in, you know, great evangelists of our day. Guys like Paul Washer and others are, uh, you know, all over the United States, uh, preaching in hundreds of venues throughout the year. People actually repent of their sins. They stop the highly emotion-wrought music services and just listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Thousands of homosexuals and transgenders fall on their faces, tear their clothes, and weep for weeks on end. Women stop preaching in services. People's lives are transformed. Uh, that's what we're looking for in 2024. That's the prayer for 2024. I, I mean, real revival. Talk about real revival here. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Paul Washer, founder of Heart Cry Missionary Society. He, in late November, it was November 28th, had quite a health scare. He had heart bypass surgery for those that have not followed that. The Washers posted the procedure was successful, but the road to recovery will be slow and steady. We continue to covet your prayers for a full recovery for Paul in the months ahead. We are humbled and grateful for the tremendous prayer support received. The messages of love and encouragement for Brother Paul and our family from all over the world have been a tangible blessing and a testimony of the love of Christ. He was forced to cancel a number of uh, speaking engagements, so we're glad that he's on the mend. That's exactly what my prayer consists of, is that we pray for Paul Washer. We pray for revival. We pray for revivalists. We pray for preachers. 
we pray for preaching. We, we pray that God brings preaching back into the various venues, not just churches, but everywhere. Think about the great revivals that happened in Scotland in 1835 and uh, other places around the world. Uh, three, four, five thousand, ten thousand people show up and hear preaching for three hours straight at a time. Nobody would leave. They would all listen. They would all be wrought with conviction of sin. And so many would actually repent and turn to Christ and churches were filled. That's what we need. We need revivalists. We need preachers. We need preaching. We need a market for preachers and we need a supply of preachers. So we need both the demand and the supply. And I'm hoping that's going to happen in the year 2024. And those, Adam, are my predictions. And we're clean out of time. You've been listening to the Generations broadcast, friends. We appreciate you tuning in to us. If you have comments, things we need to treat on this radio program throughout the year 2024, if you have ideas to give to us, questions, comments, additions, subtractions, please just email me at host at generations.org. That's host at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.